everyone. My name is Fatima. I'm in my first year of broadcast media studies. On today's podcast, I'll be interviewing someone about the Calgary protests and the BLM Black Lives Matter movement that has been going on since about May of this year. First of all, I'd like to thank you for coming here today. Um, if you could introduce yourself for the audience, that would be great. Hello, everyone. My name is Yasmeen. I am a third year computer science student attending UC, and I'm happy to be here. It is really nice to meet you, Yasmeen. Um, so I have a few questions for you today. I know we all have seen and heard about the protests that have been going on in Calgary, and I wanted to know if you've been to any, and how were they? Uh, I have been to one of the protests and the vigil. Um, I think they were pretty incredible, especially the vigil. Everyone came together and was supportive of the movement um, that was created in the U.S. And it's quite incredible how widespread it's become because this isn't just an American problem. This is a worldwide problem. And I am proud of my fellow Calgarians who have stood together to, to stand up for this cause and support it. Very well said. So when you were at the protest, did you notice anything? Were people more in unison, do you think? Yeah, um, chants, everything was fairly um, in unison. There were a couple of people who kind of, I I guess, were too excited (laughs) and uh, took their excitement and their passion and um, did some inappropriate things however it wasn't the majority and it was quite incredible and fairly please peaceful could you elaborate on like the things that they did um well for the protest we marched across downtown um i don't quite remember where we ended up but we did a fair bit of marching and the times that we didn't uh, the times that we didn't march we got to hear stories of other people and their concerns primarily about black people within the city for the vigil, um, we were just mourning um, the losses. <laughs> we were mourning the lives that were lost at the hands of police. Were they more so the lives of Canadians or Americans, or would you say both? I'd say both. What message stuck out the most for you, um, and why did it stick out from the rest? I think just the message of love and peace. There was someone in particular at the vigil who um, when she was speaking, she was actually deaf. And quite interestingly, um, there was one symbol that everyone decided to uh, sign and that was love. And it was quite incredible because at a time where hate was being spewed, love was being spread at that moment. So that was really, that was great points made. interesting about the deaf person um wait was she speaking or was she just signing who's speaking okay okay so that can make sense do you think with the part with the protest going on there was no room for other people of color because it takes focus away from them i don't think so i think um this movement allowed for other people to speak up um about their problems as people of color right i i don't believe that the black lives matter movement Um, I don't believe the intention behind the Black Lives Matter movement is to take other voices away, but instead amplify voices and shed light on the um, problem that is police brutality, especially within the Black community. Um, I think 
when speaking about Black Lives Matter and speaking it in the sense that it takes focus away from another group is absurd in my opinion. Um, yeah, because I've noticed a lot of Indigenous people and a lot of Hispanics have been saying it has brought more awareness in their communities, especially the Indigenous community. Absolutely. We all know what's happening right now in the Indigenous community with the missing and murdered women. So it's brought a lot of focus onto other movements, just not just, you know, Black Lives Matter, which is really good. The next question that I have for you is, um, I know we've seen the videos of white people getting very def like defensive that there was no place for a protest like this here in Calgary. I know you saw that one video. It was probably trending around TikTok or whatnot um, because they feel as though Calgary isn't a racist city. What would you say to those folks? I think racism is everywhere. It doesn't matter if you don't see it or experience it. Other people do, and it's not just, it's any form of discrimination, whether it be uh, discrimination based on sexual orientation, religion, race, ethnicity. You know, I, I believe that because you don't experience a certain um, form of oppression does not mean your fellow human doesn't. Everyone experiences different things. And it's just with the Black Lives Matter movement, especially in Calgary, people are speaking up about their experiences. And I feel it is absolutely inappropriate to justify shutting them down and trying to take their voice away because you haven't because white people haven't experienced it themselves you know mm -hmm, exactly very well said so for the um the allies you know like white allies do you think as uh, do you feel as though they're playing a really important a really vile role or do you think like they're just doing it because it's active or because it's trending right now both i believe that people who advocate for the black lives matter movement and who solely um, whose fo focus is on um, improving the lives. You know, there's performative activism and then there's actual activism. Mm -hmm. Take Jane Fonda, for example. She is a white ally for um, any form of activism, especially now with the Black Lives Matter movement rising up. I think she's a good example of what a white ally should be. And uh, saying Black Lives Matter because it's trending. Black Lives Matter is a movement that was created to shed light on the police brutality and murders of Black people. And I think because it was trending after, the, after George Floyd was killed, it gave some an opportunity to use that as a way to get clout, mm -hmm. which is absolutely... Yeah. disgusting it's it's disgusting and you know you see it some some of these tiktok influencers for example you know having mm -hmm. signs and having like taking a series of photos or having a photo shoot during a protest when people are trying to call for change exactly so that brings me um to to a point where basically I just want to say like um, the black you remember the black boxes the black squares the hashtag blackout blackout Tuesday oh yeah mm -hmm. yeah when that when that was going on I noticed a lot of people that didn't say anything that weren't avid like you know they weren't avid uh, that weren't yeah. active activists were basically using that as a way to basically 
tell people they weren't quote unquote racist, which I don't understand how a little black box, a little black square is going to make you not racist. You weren't there, you know, protesting. You weren't raising awareness for the for the movement. So what is a little black square going to do, you know? I think, okay, my thoughts on it is um, I think if you are unable to go to the protest for whatever reason, whether it be you're afraid of getting COVID because this protests did happen during COVID, we're still living in COVID. Um, and I think if you don't go to the protests, that's fair. You know, you could have a valid reason for that. If you're on social media constantly and you don't use your platform, especially if you have a larger one to, direct people um, to resources um, they can use to get help or help others. If you're just posting a little black square saying, look, I'm supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. This proves that I'm not a racist or this proves that I'm not going to get canceled. And cancel culture is a whole nother story that we can get into another time, but you're not doing anything. It's performative activism. And we see it now more than ever now that social media is around now that everyone's quarantined and you know going on instagram and TikTok and youtube they people who want to get clout who want to get famous off of this use this as an opportunity to go to protests to have photo shoots instead of advocate for change or have a little black box which originally wasn't for the black lives matter movement it was for something else um and you know not only was that message taken away from the people who started that little black box trend, mm-hmm. but um, it became a symbol of performative activism. Exactly, yeah. Points really well said. Um, so this brings me to my next question. Um, do you feel as though the white savior complex has trickled down towards the protest? If so, how? I feel like with the white savior complex, if we're applying it to protests, I think it's just like the way I see it is white allies who think that they're like for the movement and, you know, they want to help any way that they can, that they overstep. Yeah. Right. And I feel like inherently they, they feel as though they, um, whatever they do that they think is right, they're not going to get canceled for and they believe that they need to help people and maybe they think that they're better than them, you know? Mm-hmm. I can understand that, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that also brings me to my next question that ties into the question. Um, who do you feel should be the face of the movement? Black women, because that's who started it. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you feel they should be the movement? Uh, I believe people who started the Black Lives Matter movement should be the face of it, period. They they were women who wanted to um, shed light on a, uh, on a problem that's happening, not only in the US, but worldwide, in Canada, in Calgary. And um, because it became so mainstream, it got taken over, especially with these, um, with people who are outside of the black community most would say black men because most of them are being killed but do you think that fact is true or do you think it's fit it's 50 50 i think it's 50 50 i personally believe that like 
the woman who started it should, but the problems that arrive and the problems that the movement focuses on, they should have their own face, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not just all like a t-shirt or you know just a candlelight visual yeah I understand that completely Uh, okay this brings me to my last question how can non-black people or or people of color be good allies to the black community I think there's a lot of resources that they can use to um, help them become more more of an ally not just to the black community but the indigenous community and other POC communities um there's books you know um reading books by authors within those communities help especially like um black and indigenous people Mm -hmm. because in this country we're not the U.S. obviously but uh we do have our own problems particularly um when it comes to the indigenous community and secondary the uh, the black community in Canada yes precisely so so what are um what are tools or resources that allies can use basically to get more awareness out there or do you know any uh i don't know any off the top of my head um but there are uh several books you can search up um and there are you know documentaries podcasts um, with people who's, who speak to these very problems, right? And who um, have solutions for them as well. So Angela Davis would be a really good um, person for everyone that really wants to like delve into like how slavery and the Black Lives Matter movement all into like intertwine. Angela, Angela Davis would be one of the best person to go look at. Her books are amazing. You should look at it. So yeah um it was really nice having you on um if you could tell everyone what your handles are that would be great um instagram is yazzy underscore 14 so i'm active on instagram i'm not active anywhere else okay thank you um this was fatima with daily dose and i will see you uh next time with an even more exciting conversation thank you listening to Daily Dose with Fatima. Don't forget to check out more episodes.